Love. Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode 16. Today I'm joined with the one and only Kate Toon, business and digital marketing wonder woman, also known as the queen of SEO and copywriting. If you haven't heard of Kate, then today's episode will be a perfect introduction to her. She's hilarious and smart and she actually lives just down the road from me, which is super cool. So today we started off wanting to talk about SEO, of course, and copywriting, but we kind of went on some tangents and talked about all things entrepreneurship, being a woman, a woman in business, you know, learning through our mistakes of being slightly addicted to our business, and of course, how to attract more customers to your website with fantastic copywriting and SEO. So it's a good chat. I hope you love it. Let me know what you think. Well, welcome to Kate Toon to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. So excited to be here, Miss Byrne. Yay. And we are only like probably a kilometre away from each other right now. It was such a revelation to me that you are a fellow coastie and yeah, you are like, I could have come up and been in the little cupboard next to you at our local co-working space, but we're doing it. It's so great. It's so cool to find another kind of entrepreneurial human on the coast. So yay. Yeah, we are like, we've got a little secret that this is the best place in Australia to be. It's so close to Sydney-ish and it's by the beach and we just live like we're on holidays every day, don't we? It's beautiful. The little town that we live in, I, I don't think I actually ever want to live anywhere else. It's like everything I want. So I love it. Yeah, it's the best. And well, why don't we start by an introduction? I'm sure everybody knows who Kate Toon is, but why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? I'm not sure I know who Kate Toon is these days. We're recording this just after Easter and I've kind of forgotten who I am and what I do. But I guess these days I'm more embracing my self-title of a misfit entrepreneur. So I am an entrepreneur, although I feel uncomfortable calling myself that. I've got three core businesses all around digital education. So helping copywriters be better copywriters, helping people grapple Google and get to the top of the rankings. And then also more generalist digital marketing advice on how to kind of build I guess your kind of business empire or I like to call it your business cul-de-sac, you know, all the bits that go into it, <laughs> your brand, your lead magnet, your email funnel, your processes, your finance, your legal, just how to build a successful digital business. So yeah, that's my core at the moment. Yes. And you're certainly one to be able to teach that because how many like arms of your business do you have really going at the moment? Like you've got so many, you work so hard. Yeah, I do. Well, I don't actually. I mean, it looks like I do, but I am 12 years in. So it's taken a long time Mm. to build some of these things and it's hard to get them going. But once they're going, it doesn't take quite as much effort. So three core businesses, but as part of that, three podcasts, four, two memberships, a lot, several courses, including one large course, two big Facebook groups, 
uh, and lots of speaking books, all that kind of stuff. So there is lots of things that drive towards the business, top of funnel drivers that bring people. My milkshake brings all the customers to the yard. And then there are yeah. three, three yards, essentially, three things that I sell. But it does look like a lot. And people sort of say, you're everywhere. I'm sick of the sight of you. And I'm a bit sick of the sight of me too. But yeah, it's what, it, what you need to do to, to sell digital products on a large scale. There's a lot of hustle and turning up involved. Unfortunately, I wish there wasn't, but um, it's still a lot of work sometimes. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, you just the fact that you've got three podcasts, <laughs> numerous memberships and courses, like it's enough to to send me into the fetal position. <laughs> How have you like coped with it? I suppose you've gotten better at systems and bringing in people to help you and Yeah, I mean, the first 5 years I was solo, so I was a solo copywriter working as, you know, exchanging my time for money. And then about year five, six, which coincided with my son going to school, I launched the two clever copywriters in school and the recipe for SEO success. But I launched them on a very small scale. Like, you know, they were, they were tiny. I launched my course. When I first launched it, I sold it first and then I made it. It was much smaller and it cost a lot less. And then over time, I built the rest of the mechanism out like I had the course but I didn't have the free course I didn't have the lead magnet I didn't have the email funnel I didn't have the podcast they've all just kind of been added on very iteratively and quite slowly really I mean it's five years since I launched all my passive income and I'm doing air fingers projects and even now still a lot of work to do but yes the other big thing is and to be transparent although I do call myself a solopreneur I have a team and they're all contractors. They're all subcontractors, so they all have their own business. And they all work sort of different hours. But I have one OBM, which is an online business manager, two VAs, a copy editor, a copywriter, a graphic designer, two WordPress developers, a bookkeeper, accountant, a video person, and a PR person. And a Facebook Wowzers. person. Yeah. So there's a lot of people yeah. all working at different times. And I love that model because I can dial them up when I want to do more and I can dial them down when I want to do less and I'm not responsible for anybody's mortgage or their KPIs. So it works for me. But it's, I mean, gosh, you know, five years ago, I didn't have anybody working in the team. Now I've got like eight people. So that's how I'm able to do as much as I do. It's not all me. It's incredible. And I've noticed because I obviously follow you, you're in my area and I love what you do and what you talk about. I've noticed like maybe in the past six months, you've sort of taken a little bit of a different mindset shift to it. Have you kind of, you're more prioritizing your, like your mental health and your physical health and all that kind of stuff? Well, I've always tried to, my journey is that I was kind of relatively good at all the health stuff, but then I whacked on about 30 kilos of weight. And that really was because I just gave everything to my business and to my family and just nothing for me. And then I lost a lot of the weight. I put some of it back on, but we won't talk about that. And yeah, I just, you know, you, I've spent a long time trying to scale and build something and kind of prove to myself and the world that I know what I'm doing and I'm great. And you just get to a point where you're like, I don't care what the world thinks. Do you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Who am I trying to impress? No one's impressed. Everyone's actually sick of the sight of me and just wishes I'd go away. I'm sick of the sight of me. Like, what else can I do? Where is this going? I don't want to build a billion dollar company. I don't want to have an office in Sydney with beanbags. I want to have more time to myself. So yeah, I'm trying to, this year, I'm babbling a little bit. This year, I decided not to increase my revenue target. So I have exactly the same revenue target as last year. So my goal now is I'm happy earning what I'm earning. I'd like to spend less time earning that. So I'm always looking yeah. for opportunities to do slightly less, be more efficient and just have a bit of a life. 
because for a long time I had no life, you know, and that's, it's not good. You know, life is short. It's so true. And I think I'm probably going through a little bit of that sort of scale or chase now, like where you get momentum and it feels good and you become a little bit addicted to it. So you work a little bit harder, even though my you know ethos is all about working less, but earning more, it can just get away from you. And I think having those little check-in moments, like, hang on a second, I can't even go for a walk on the beach without thinking about work or you know, and you've, or you've lost sight of what success actually looks like to you. Oh, that's it, exactly. And I, I feel like I'm still trying to work out what success looks like to me because I am a very driven person. I really enjoy what I do. I love making stuff. And whenever I try and take pause and kind of step back from my business, ideas bubble up and I want to I want to do them. I want to make that thing. And it's just balancing that out with, yeah, you can make that thing, but not, as you said, if I can't even... Like, you know, when a friend asks me, can you go for lunch? And I'm like, yeah, in about eight weeks. It's like, what am, yeah. I, what am I doing with my life? That is wrong, you know, or I, I miss this thing at my son's school or I can't meet up with my partner or I'm always late because I'm on a Zoom call or doing a clubhouse room. It's like, what am I doing? This is my life, you know? And so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm in. A, I'm not through it yet, but I'm in a period of self-reflection. It's rather uncomfortable. I don't recommend it. (laughs) I like it. It's motivating me, like seeing you with your trainer. I'm like, okay, I need to book him with that trainer. Like we do. She's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do, I do. But like we all go through those periods, don't we? And that's why I think it is so important not to be on the Instagram all the time, but to be looking to other women to help us check in with ourselves or working with someone to help us check in with ourselves when we do get too obsessed get sucked in exactly yeah yeah you get sucked in and it's a good thing to be driven you know to provide for our family to say no to corporate world but yeah it comes at a a balance and I guess yeah it's a timely conversation for me right now because that's where I'm at well it comes at a point I think this is the main thing you need to understand you can have it you can you know you can't necessarily have it all you can have it all but not at the same time and you can have this thing that you want, but what is it going to cost you? So what are you giving up to have that? I think that's the thing that I've worked out is that like money is a huge factor for me and working for my future, making sure that I'm not going to die alone in a flat being eaten by my own cats. (laughs) I was like, I want to pay my mortgage off. Okay, now I want to get an investment property. Okay, now I want to have this much in super and this, you know, I want to be safe. And again, though, that can become obsessive. You know, how much money do you need? How much money? Because you can always make more money, you know, and, and that's all, the whole culture that we live in is put, forcing us to make more money. That's what that's the measure of success. But you have to kind of go, when is enough enough? And when do I pull back from that? Yes, I could make that thing. Like I feel like at the moment I say this, it sounds showy off but I don't mean it to. I could come up with a thing. I could paint it blue, call it this, put it in my shop for $77 and sell it. But just because I could, should I? That's the thing. Just because I do I need to make another bleeding thing or should I not do that, put my roller skates on and go up and down the driveway for half an hour instead? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know. I, I saw. I, they scare me. Roller skates scare me. Yeah. yeah t- I'm totally with you there. And I guess you're focusing down on one to two to three things is for me the the answer to that um, and getting better at a small handful of things. Yeah. Because, yeah, when you're a creative person, yeah, 7 million ideas. Ideas isn't the problem. It's, yeah, making them work for your family, for yourself, and, yeah, your bottom line, I guess. 
and finding your creative kicks elsewhere because if you are someone like this as you and me are it's like we need we get bored I get bored you know I've got like you know one of the measures of a successful business is when it gets boring and predictable so you know I run the big SEO course to anybody that would be a dream scenario you know it's a two thousand dollar course I sell it three times a year to 80 people each round sells out you know that is enough Mm. that should be enough right I should just deliver that people like it spend my time on that that would be more than enough income but I get bored and it's like I know that's successful but I don't want to do that anymore I want to do this instead and so it's taming that boredom beast and saying Mm. and we'll channel your energy somewhere else like channel them into helping people or to charity or to roller skating or whatever but don't mess up the thing that you're already delivering which is a tendency I have to have so yeah yeah that's so interesting and oh, it's that's kind of like a light bulb moment for me. I'd never even thought that I could channel my work creativity yeah. into a play creativity. This is it, you mm. know. And this is it, you know, I I think we only have so much creative juice every single day and you know, once you start your own business, it will suck you dry. It will take every creative, you know, urge you have and use it up and just saving some of that for like cooking or playing an instrument or whatever it sounds so trite but it's actually really important because it augments that business you you know you come back with fresh ideas but just as Um, you said if you think of someone like amy porterfield who you know obviously is is amazing she really only sells three things she doesn't have millions of things she has sells three things she does it very well she's always improving them updating them she doesn't need to keep on making new stuff she just has to keep selling the things she's selling in different ways and keeping it interesting and so, yeah, be more Amy Porterfield would be my... Uh, mm. <laughs> so maybe be less shark. Oh, what are you going to do with that? I know. Being, being more shark is more about being fearless, I guess. But there you go. Another example of a project that I talked about and haven't done, which was to write that book, you know. When do I get around to writing a book with everything else? But I love it. You know, like I sometimes get so frustrated about, oh, there's so many things I want to do and and when I can't get them done and, oh, blooming heck, and now I'm ill and now my son's off school, I can't do it. And I get so frustrated. Mm. And then I remember I'm in this for the long game. I want to be doing this when I'm 65, you know, not necessarily exactly this. But if I got everything done by the end of this year, what would I do then? I'd be bored again. So it's good that things take time. You have to enjoy the struggle, not just the destination. That's so true. That's so true. And in your courses and in your membership now, you work with e-commerce business owners as well as service providers, don't you? Yeah, a lot of e-commerce. I'd say about 50% of people on the courses are are e-commerce and about 50% of the membership now is is e-commerce. I'm seeing a big shift. So when I started the course, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are on WordPress and now most, most people seem to be on Shopify. And I'm seeing a big shift in the kind of sophistication of stores now, when I started, of course, it was very basic questions. People are really moving beyond that into real conversion optimization, real targeting, uh, real segmentation of their audiences and thinking about not just that first purchase, but the repeat purchase and loyalty. That, that, there seems to have been a real improvement in the overall education, oh, thanks to people like you, an improvement in the whole understanding of you can't just build a shop and expect people to buy stuff you know yeah yeah. thank goodness yeah that's changing for sure (laughs) yeah and yeah I think e-com has experienced a significant boom since COVID so you know you could say every every man and his dog is is launching an e-com store 
And it is so important to move past that, build it and they will come. And it's very exciting for a marketing nerd burger like me to to see the sophistication changing and the mindset changing. And it's not all about, okay, you know, chucking money into Facebook ads. It's about the experience. Post-purchase is just as important, if not more important, than pre-purchase because that's where you really are seeing more effective effectiveness from your marketing. You're spending less on your marketing, but you're getting more. Yeah, it's the biggest bugbear of mine that most sites you head to immediately see a pop far too quickly, by the way, make it wait 45 seconds, uh, saying 10% off your first order. Fantastic. Okay, great. But when I come back to the site, I get nothing. You know, this is my fifth visit. I've ordered from you five times. There is zero recognition of me as a repeat customer. I get no discount anymore. I get nothing. So you're actually discouraging me from why would I buy from you again when I can go over there and get a fresh customer 10% discount? It's all about the new customer and not about nurturing the customers that you have and bringing them back again and again and again. It's a huge, huge thing for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So why don't we talk about what everybody knows you for? SEO, probably one of the things that confuse a lot of business owners, and then obviously copywriting. And how do those two things work together? Help us out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think with SEO, people misunderstand it and think it's super technical and it's evolved a lot in the last 15 years. So SEO is essentially just about making Google and customers fall in love with your website. And Google's pretty straightforward about it. It's got about 200 things that it wants you to do on your website. And most of them are complete common sense. You know, I don't like going to a website that takes 15 seconds to load. Google doesn't either. I don't like going to a website where as soon as I get to it, a big pop-up comes up and I can't even see the site. And I'm trying to, Google doesn't like that either. I don't want to give my credit card details to a site that isn't secure. Google doesn't like that either. So most of it's common sense. The area where it gets a bit, little bit less black and white is around, you know, what are people searching for and what's on your site? So a really important thing to understand with Google is that Google has, thinks about customers in terms of their intent, their intent. What do they want? So when we type into Google a keyword, like I always use the example piglet jumpers. God knows why. That's the example I use. If someone puts piglet jumpers in, we don't know whether they want to buy a piglet jumper, make a piglet jumper, see piglets wearing jumpers, or see people wearing jumpers with piglets on them. We don't know. Yeah, That little short keyword doesn't tell us enough. But as soon as we start adding words, modifiers to that phrase, we understand. So if I add the word buy, what do I want to do? I want to buy. But if I add the word price, affordable, cheapest, sale, online, they're all saying buy as well. They're telling Google people want to buy and they will immediately change the search engine results pages to show Google shopping, to show ads, to show different content. If I put the word cute in front of Piglet Jumper, I probably don't want to buy. What do I want then? I probably want to see pictures. Search engine results change again and now there's videos and pictures. If I add a word like how, Google thinks, oh, I want to make one. And suddenly the search engine results change again. We've got YouTube videos and knitting patterns. And so Google is so much better at understanding intent. And obviously for e-commerce, it's all about the buy, buyer intent and making sure that we are clear that we are selling the stuff, you know, at the, at the most mm. basic level. Yeah, interesting. Let's say you are selling piglet jumpers. Where do you then put that message, buy piglet jumpers? Well, it starts right at the foundation. So obviously it starts with choosing the right platform. So whether it's Shopify or WooCommerce, um, you know, building a site that's speedy, mobile friendly, that's the basics. After that, 
you have to think, who else is selling piglet jumpers? And what's different about my piglet jumpers? Are they, you know, are they made from the softest organic wool? Are they handmade? Are they mass produced? Are they funky designs? Are they super affordable? What's your point of difference? So getting that unique selling proposition or that unique selling point down is really, really important because that's then going to inform the words that you use. You know, if you're selling organic woolen piglet jumpers, well, then when you have your product on the page, guess what you're going to call it? An organic woolen piglet jumper. So you need to work out what your difference is to choose your keywords. And then once you've chosen your keywords, it's about using them on the page. So most times when we think about e-commerce stores, we focus on the product pages, yeah, right? Really great product pages. And you know, that's about not using copy that you've got from somebody else, especially if you're a reseller, making sure that it's your own. And also thinking about what's going to tweak the nipple of interest of your customer, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's an organic woolen piglet jumper, but what else about it? How does it make you feel when you wear it? Where would you wear it? Who would wear it? Why would they wear it? How would they feel when they've taken it off? You know, what would people, what compliments would people give them? It's not just about saying it's made from wool, it's size 12 and it's blue. It's trying to evoke the emotion. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with SEO? Well, because most people aren't searching organic woolen piglet jumper. They're searching best jumper to wear at engagement party. Do you know what I mean? Going to a pig sanctuary, what should I wear? You know, it's people don't, some people are straight there. They know exactly what they want. They go to Google, they buy it. Other people come by different routes. And that's where we can really win with SEO because there's so many variations. Google says that 13% of what's typed into the search engine every month are terms that they have never, ever seen before. Now, that says to me that there are infinite numbers of ways to your product, yet so many people focus on, if I don't rank for Piglet Jumper, I'm doomed. And it's like there are a million different routes to that destination. So try and be creative. Yeah, absolutely. And you might see this, I certainly see it a lot, whereas women, they've built a business, they're selling their Piglet Jumpers, but they want to grow. And they want to, you know, they use the word scale, they want to scale their business, but when you take a look at their website and their messaging, their message still isn't clear. They haven't nutted out those points of difference or the emotional benefits or what it means to the customer. And you simply can't scale without that clarity and without that connection with your customer. And yes, it may take, I think, you know, maybe copywriting is starting to become a little bit more sexy because we are seeing a lot of copywriters come onto the scene. But it does take time and perhaps different versions and different ways of looking at it and different edits to get that message. And you may have to do some research and it's going to take you time, but it's well worth it in the end. Like don't jump straight into doing a ton of advertising or busy, busy work. Yeah, when you haven't nutted out that message. It's that core message and that core brand personality. And I know this is something that you're passionate about. This is what you teach you know, I saw actually the other day in a Facebook group, someone who'd obviously, you know, bought a shop, you know, you can buy buy ready-made businesses. And it was a kid's shop about selling kids clothes, hugely competitive vertical. There are a million people, yeah. you know, they've had kids, they now want to sell cute clothes for kids. And a million, million websites, you know, most often named after the names of the children. That's all fine. That's lovely. But there's no point of difference. And also the main thing I always say to my students is give me a reason not to buy it from Kmart. That's yeah. a challenge. I can get this exact product from Kmart for half the price. So make me want to buy it from you. Um, and I think one of the things that we, you know, you can focus on writing really well-written product descriptions. We talked about that. But I don't see enough of the business owner on the site. Who is behind this brand? Who, 
you know, let's show, I want to see pictures of you. I want to hear your story. I want to know why you started, what your values are, what your approach has been. But also, again, the whole thing that I see, this person in the Facebook group was like, I built my shop and no one's bought anything. It's like, how long have you had your shop? Six months. Six months? Six months? You know, like that, that's nothing in the great scheme of things. You know, it, it takes a long time. And I think this is it. Again, people underestimate the effort that goes in. Mm. It, can, it can take as much effort, copy, time and money to sell a $27 product as it does to sell a $2,000 product. You'd be surprised. And I think just having those realistic expectations is so important for e-commerce stores, you know, that it, it's, it's a lot more than just putting pictures on Instagram. Absolutely. And if you are impatient or not in it for the long haul, or you you know what, if you don't have money to invest in an e-commerce business, it isn't the right business for you because it's going to take a long time. There's, It's rare that you do see overnight successes. You're going to have to spend a ton of money on the product itself, figuring out the best way to send it, the best way to sell it, the experts to help you. It's a tough gig. So yeah, I really yeah. commend everybody out there doing it. Yeah, I don't have a shop. Like, I I would love to have a shop. I've always wanted to be somebody who sells stuff at markets or has a little shop. I can't think of any – A, I can't think of anything to sell that isn't already sold. And, B, I know how much work it is, you know. And mm. for me, it's not just the, the website. It's the whole mechanic of getting the product to the customer and then all the all the, all the the ramifications of how do – when do I refund? Should I refund? The delivery, the customer service that comes with it. It's a lot of work. We're not putting people off. But I think no. expectation and, you know, you see someone with a shop and they're selling and you think, this is going to be brilliant. I'm going to make a fortune. You probably won't for the first two or three years. You know, that's where you, that's your learning period. And then maybe if you're lucky after that, you'll start to make some money. <laughs> it sounds so pessimistic. Yeah. But it's true. No, I think it's a good conversation to have because, there, you know, there's a lot of marketing people out there saying, you know, do this and, you know, get $10,000 or get a six-figure business and da-da-da-da where women do need to hear realistic and honest advice and conversations. So they aren't on Facebook groups after six weeks wondering why no one's bought their thing. Yeah, it's so. and it's like, you know, you obviously have a course, I have a course, and we both, neither of us with our courses make claims that the method we're going to teach you is going to deliver oodles of financial success. We're like, there's a process, but really it's over to you. I'm going to show you how to do it. You're the one who's actually going to do the work. And the people on my course who really excel are the ones that put in the work for the long term. You know, with SEO, it can take three to six months to see any kind of change in the amount of traffic or ranking you're getting. That takes real patience and faith that what you're doing is going to work. So, yeah, it's, it's super challenging. But I still think there's huge amounts of opportunity with e-commerce. Um, but the brands that are going to win – are the brands that take risks and the brands that show who they are. You know, we all know about the, the you know, the Lou Roll brand. I obviously, now I can't remember them because I'm talking about them on a podcast. But you, who are they, you know? Who gives a crap? Yeah, exactly. Who gives a crap? Yeah. You know, and what did they do? They were so different to everybody else. Every other brand had dogs chasing toilet rolls or talked about the softness of the weave and it's three-ply. And they just completely went off. You know, and this is a big recommendation for anybody. If you're starting an e-commerce store, the one thing you don't want to do is look at your competitors. Go and look at like a real estate agent or an accountant or a Formula One driver and see how they're marketing themselves. Do something so out there that just doesn't even seem to fit with selling baby clothes. And that's probably what's going to get you the cut through. Because if you do a yeah. baby clothes website and have cute pictures of babies lying on rugs, 
I won't be able to tell you from another brand. You've got to do something out there to be to get noticed these things. Right. Yeah. E-commerce, you don't want to be like everybody else. Where as, as much as it feels comfortable and familiar and safe, no, because you will blend in you know, on Instagram, on Google results, everywhere that you're promoting yourself, you will blend in and you want to be specific and stand out. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to everything that we're saying about being authentic and being yourself. It's so tempting. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm a female entrepreneur and I look at Instagram and lots of other entrepreneurs, they're beautiful Instagram shoots and every se- second picture is a quote or a piece of artwork with like googly eyes on it and it's all colour coordinated. You know what I mean. So she's not a yes. And I kind of secretly want to do that. I don't have the time to do that. But also I know that if I did, I would be like all the other female entrepreneurs and I wouldn't stand out. So I'm randomly posting pictures of my dog and whatever and it's sustainable because it's I'm not trying to be something I'm not. It's very transparent. It means I can pump out content very quickly without thinking about it because it's just me. Now, the problem is it means that lots of people don't like what I do because I'm not like that, you know, so I'm not going to be for everybody. But it's so fewer people, but the people who, who are in are more in. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You want to repel as much as you want to attract. I'm the same as you. I'm not going to be pretty feeds and this and that and show up like everybody else because I can't be bothered and (laughs) it it doesn't feel right to me. And that probably a lot like you, that's actually been our success is that we aren't saying and doing the same things as everybody else. And the benefit is it feels good. So that could be a takeaway. Like if you feel like you're trying to force yourself to show up in this pretty way or doing what everybody else does and it feels icky and hard and weird, then maybe it's time to look at doing it your way. Yeah. And if it feels easy and flows and you love it and you love creating a beautiful feed and you love doing beautiful shots. There's somebody I saw today who done some beautiful shots of her in the ocean with like a sequin jacket on. And they were just, I can't remember who it is. I've got to find it. Now. She's an influencer. And, it, you know, I look at her feed and it looks so beautiful, but she loves it. And she actually showed this behind the scenes. It was her and her partner splashing about in the o- ocean like idiots. But the photos ended up looking beautiful. But that's, if it works for you, fantastic. I think it's when we try to fit a mold because we think that's what we do and that's what we need to do to be successful, that that's when it really falls down. And that's when it's, that's when you get burnout. That's when you feel like giving up because you're not struggling for the right reasons. I said, you have to enjoy the struggle, but you have to enjoy the struggle because you're turning up every day, loving what you do, not the struggle to play some kind of popularity game or to be in with the right people or to be cool or to use the right hashtags. Not that kind of struggle. That's like being at high school and trying to be popular. As soon as you try to be popular, generally you're not. You know, you've got to just enjoy being you. And that's a really hard lesson. Even at 47, I'm nearly 47, that's a hard lesson to learn because it's the culture is to be popular. It feels like that's the game, but that isn't the game, I don't think, anyway. No, no, no. The game is, um, you know, reaching what is success to you. Yeah. And if that is you know, being yeah. able to be at home with when your kids went pick your kids up from school, contribute to the household income, feel good about what you're doing, that's fine. We don't have to have million dollar businesses. That's cool. But you know, if you do have million dollar goals, then yeah, it's time to start getting serious about things like SEO and copywriting and point of difference and not blending in. So, yes, it's a hard game, but it's worth it in the long run because with e-com, (laughs) 
with e-com, you are, you do have limitless earning potential. So if you want to say no to the corporate world, which so many women are, and I absolutely rejoice at that because it's fantastic, you know, if you are prepared to do the hard work and do the steps and do it properly, then, hey, the world's your oyster. The world is your lobster. I think, you know, and again, I think something that COVID taught us is as well, it's good to have that diversity. So, you know, maybe you want to have a shop, but also what services could you provide around that shop? So, you know, if you are selling kids' clothes, for example, are there other things you could do that would diversify and augment that business? You know, could you be running workshops? Could you be running meetups for mums where you swap clothes? Could you be providing advice to other e-commerce store owners on what they do? You know, trying to diversify that. Like just think about selling product, 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 product. You know, try and think of other ways to, I guess it sounds wanky, but to become a thought leader, to become a leader in your space. And another thing that I find that really works with that, which doesn't sound very e-commerce-y, is to try and maybe be a bit contrarian, to have some thoughts and opinions. It doesn't mean you need to... Oh, yes. Yeah, you don't need to be out there saying your religious beliefs or waving banners, but standing up for what you believe in and bringing that into your brand so that maybe not every shot is an artful shot of a product. Maybe every fifth shot is something about you and what you Mm. think about the industry or about what you're selling or about how you import your products or about the materials you use and why you chose that provider and why you pack your product in this eco-friendly satchel. You know, talking about the why of your business, not just the what you Yeah, exactly. Yeah, step back from the product photography for a minute and, you know, talk about what you stand for in your industry and what you stand against. Yeah. Because they're the humans connect with humans we want to um, be drawn to something that makes us feel as if we belong that's just you know nature and those little things are going to give your audience a reason to support and rally behind you I've seen it time and time again say something a little bit different say something a little bit out there see what happens but it all takes bravery doesn't it it does it does one of my mottos is be more shark which is the shark doesn't wake up in the morning and worry about what Sue's posted on her Instagram. He just goes out there and <laughs> shark, you know? And it's not about being a hustler or being evil to your competitors or anything like that. It's just about being a bit fearless and saying, you know, what's the worst that can happen? This situation's happening in the world. I mean, we saw it all with, um, not to get too political, but we saw it all with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, you know, that there was a brief period where people were being very supportive of that and posting black squares and all that. And then it's gone away again. And it's like, no, that kind of tokenism and virtue signaling isn't it. But as an e-commerce store owner, what are your values? Why did you start? What problem did you want to solve? Which customers are you helping? And what are you doing beyond your business to give back to your community and to the world at large? Talk about that. People want to buy from people whose values are aligned with their own. We've seen that with big corporations. We don't want to buy from corporations that are you know, funding oil companies who are destroying the Great Barrier Reef. You know, most people will do their due diligence now and go, I don't actually use this bank because this bank is actually, mm." you know, it's the same with small businesses. If I see that you stand for something, yes, it's going to be divisive. But again, it gives me a reason not to buy from Kmart. If I'm involved in you and your story, and I'm interested in you and your story, I want to buy stuff from you. Because I like you yeah. and I'd rather give my money to you than to somebody else. So that's, it's, yeah. we're kind of going a bit random here, but it's so important. No, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to be big, like in quotation marks, you don't have to be anything to share your story. Like yeah. just get out there and do it because it does work. I'm sure you've seen it time and time again. I know I have. 
and it makes you enjoy your business a little bit more when it's authentically yours. Yeah. One of my members uh, runs a jewellery store, Janine, and her Instagram is all just fingers, fingers and rings, fingers and rings. And now I was like, you know, I've never seen you. Do you exist? Like who runs this business? It could be run out of like Azerbaijan for all I know. And now she started to do more posts, pictures of her. We laugh because people are always commenting on the quality of her fingernails that she doesn't have, you know, <laughs> you need a man. And, and, we, and, and that's funny. That's become part of her brand, you know, because that the reason we don't share our own stuff and we hide behind product images is because we're terrified that someone's going to say, you don't know what you're talking about or you're, you're, you're ugly or you're boring or you're whatever. I've actually had someone send me an email, my classic one, that said, uh, you're too ugly to send me emails. Please unsubscribe. And it was just the best day because I screen grabbed it, shared it on social media. Brilliant. There are going to be people out there who do not like you, but they don't like you because of your nose or because you wore that T-shirt that day. People are odd creatures, and there's nothing you can do about that. So I think being brave is so important, especially in the commerce store when there is so much similarity and you don't have that personal relationship. It's not like if I'm a service provider where you're going to talk to me, we're going to have a briefing, and we're going to chat, we're going to email back and forth. You've got the sales page to sell your product, and you've got the emails that you send before and after. That's it. That's all you have to build a relationship with me. So better damn well be, be personality-filled, otherwise you're just yes. met. You know, I can't remember the name of your brand. I don't know if you do this, Lisa, I know I'm babbling, but sometimes I actually buy from a store, and I like it, but because the experience was so vanilla, I can't remember the brand. And I've like, I followed, even followed them on Instagram or something, but I can't remember the brand because there was just no personality to it. Yeah, well, or I, I want to always send them an email and go, do you know what you should be doing? Because I love your products, but your marketing sucks. And I've, I'm so tempted to do that almost every week, but okay. I probably. Yeah, well, maybe you should. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because people would love to hear that, but also they don't want to hear it. It's hard. No. Yeah, you do need to, that's benefit of working with with someone like yourself or with me. We're going to tell it to you straight mm. because that's what you pay us for. Yeah. So hold on to your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a long time coming and next time we should do it in person. Yeah, so I will come to in, the space. Yes, or the Toon Cave in because um, we are just down the road from each other. And where can people find out more about you? Everything with me is at katetoon.com, so T-O-O-N. Yeah, and you can. there's all my different courses and bits and bobs there. So, yeah, you can find me there. I'm at katetoon on, on everything as well. So thanks Love for the it. chat. We, we, we covered Thank- random stuff. We were going to just focus on hardcore SEO, but we got into <laughs> and, and ideas and it was great. And way more valuable stuff, I feel. Yeah, a good old rant. <laughs> we love a good run. Oh, thanks, Kate. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Today's episode was brought to you by my new e-commerce marketing course for women called Ecom Grow Strong. Head to my website at lisaburn.com.au to learn more and add your name to the waitlist for round two, which is starting in August. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And I would love you to leave me a rating and review. Thanks so much and see you next week.